happy Easter. Thank you so much for joining us, whether it's at 9, 1030 or on demand. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to wrap up our tree hugger series today. Next week, we start our brand new series, the Bible for grownups. And so as we finish out today, tree hugger, it'd be really good for us to look at what we learned last week. See, last week we were reminded of the importance of the cross. We understood that hopefully it's really important for those of us who are followers of Jesus to be reminded of why Jesus died. And then for those of us who were not followers of Jesus or yet to follow Jesus, we were reminded or hopefully helped you understand why the cross needed to have happened. We also learned that there is no Easter without Good Friday and there is no empty tomb without the cross. And some of us, we think that those are two events it's actually one event in two different phases. What's so fascinating about this is it's we believe that Jesus, when he talked about it, talked about both his death and his resurrection. He talked about it as one event going to take place over three days. So we talked about two really good things becoming one. Well, we talked about peanut butter and jelly. Think of it like that, where those two, is, they just go together. I can't think of the cross without the resurrection, and I can't think of the resurrection without the cross. So today, I'm going to talk about something that I believe is an allscape. I believe it's something that all of us can relate to, and I believe that it's something that can help all of us, regardless of where we are. See, for some of us right now, man, we are anxious. We're a healthcare worker. We serve our, in the military. We are a first responder. And everything has us pretty paranoid or anxious about going into work, serving, helping, doing what we can to eliminate this crisis. And then our fear is taking that back to our families. Maybe for you, you're a college student, you're a high school senior, and you're like, I have no idea what's going to happen because I'm no longer able to graduate. I don't know what college is going to look like. I don't know about an internship. Look. I'm glad you're here. I think about the person who, quite honestly, they're ready to walk away from God because of this pandemic. Well, if God is so good, why would he allow something like this to happen? Look, I get that there's a bunch of people listening today. So I believe the thing that can help all of us is an all-skate. And I believe that all-skate is something that all of us can relate to. See, whoever you are, wherever you're listening from, everything we've done this morning is to prepare you to be introduced to Jesus. Or maybe for you, to be reintroduced. Our mission as a church is to inspire people to follow Jesus. Whether for the very first time or to recommit every time we gather together, we want you to be all in with Jesus. So... Do you know that it just seems, maybe this is just me, but it seems like the American culture, we have just simplified things. And like simplifying things is a good thing. I'm a process guy. I'm a systems guy. I love when things are simplified. However, I think sometimes that can be a detriment. If you think of the things we've, we, we have simplified, you think food. We we've, have a lot of fast food places. Now, fast food is good within itself, but if you keep eating fast food, day after day, week after week, what's going to begin to happen? Yeah, you're going to put that fast food weight on and that's never good for anybody. 
you know, clog up those arteries with that fried stuff. Here's the other thing. For some of us, we do everything online that we really have a hard time building relationships with people face-to-face, like real people. See, those are the upsides and downsides of some of the things that we, we have simplified. Again, simplifying is not, not bad. It's good. But there can be a downside to it as well. See, we've also simplified our language. Did you know that we really have one really definition, one word to define love in our American culture? It's love. And we define it as feeling strongly about someone or something. So if taking that definition, for some of you, you love Cadbury eggs, or you love Chick-fil-A, or you love dogs, you love Baby Yoda, or you love America. You, you love these things. You, you say, hey, I love these things. And that may be true. But I would, I would push back a little bit and say, even for my own, like, I love America more than I love Cadbury egg. Or my love is a little different. And maybe I don't have the right word to ex- express it. Or I love a dog more than I love Baby Yoda. I mean, a dog is real and it can comfort. Baby Yoda is just, I mean, you may not know this, but he's imaginary. Um, He is not real life. There is no real Baby Yoda, just so we're all clear on that. I love those things just like you do. But sometimes I feel like we have just completely simplified it. See, our New Testament was written in Greek. It was spoken in Greek. It was written in Greek. And the Greeks had seven different terms for love. That's a lot of terms for love. And our New Testament records two of those and refers to one of them. See, contrary to the English language, not all love is the same. So you have eros. Eros is uh, where we get the word erotic. And you're thinking, oh my goodness, where am I at? Like, this is Easter and we're talking about this. Hang on one second, I promise I'll get through this really quick and there's a point to all this. It was named after the God of love and fertility and and the Romans called that God Cupid. Now here's the deal, this love is a good love. It is, it is a good love. It's for married people that God gifted married people to enjoy, to build trust between each other and to make babies. So it's a good it's a good type of love. However, it has a downside. See, this love can get you started, but this love can never sustain a relationship. And then the other love that we, we see is phileo. And phileo means a love between friends. It's that you generally care about that person. And guys, we handle this a lot differently than women. Women uh, are able to text and call and FaceTime and they when they see each other they hug they give each other a kiss on the cheek guys. We're like Sup like we really don't know how to handle that type of love, but generally speaking it's that you 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 like them It's a friendship type of love See contrary to the English language not all love is the same and good not love is the same and good in both cases some of us we we, we want to be loved so much that we're willing to date someone out of desperation or we're willing to stay in a relationship because we're afraid that if we leave that relationship, we don't know if we're ever going to be loved. And for some of us, we move too fast. For some of us, we're anxious to be in that relationship or uh, to leave that uh, relationship because we don't want to be alone or we don't want to be heartbroken. 
see, the Greeks would say, yeah, those loves, they have their downsides, but this one love is the greatest of all love, and that love is agape. It's agape love. They believed it was selfless, it was sacrificial. And can I tell you, and I don't want you to miss this, if you, if you miss anything I say, please don't miss this. This is the type of love that God has for you. This is the type of love that God has for you. See, His love is not dependent on whether or not you love Him. He loves you and He proved His love for you. He proved His love for me through the death and resurrection of Jesus. So, last week we, we sort of saw this as the big idea and, and we're going to continue this. The cross satisfies God's anger with what we do. Now, last week we talked about that sin is an issue. And if sin was an issue, then the cross would never have had to have happened. But it did. Today, we're going to see this. And it demonstrates His love for us because of who we are. Don't miss that. His love, demo, or, uh, the cross demonstrates His love for us because of who we are. So Paul is writing about 15, 20 years after the resurrection. And this is what he writes. He says this to a local church, even before he made the world, God loved, he agaped us. It cost him something. That type of love cost him something. It was selfless, it was sacrificial, and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. And this is what he wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure. Look, God didn't need you. God, because he's God, is self-sustaining. He has no need to know. Instead, he wanted you. He adopted you because he wanted you. And it brought him great pleasure to accomplish your adoption. Wow. And so Paul's reminding us that there is so much truth the fact that God gave everything for you. He gave everything for me. And not because he needed us, because he wanted us. So, with that in mind, last week we, we sort of paused as Jesus died on the cross. And now we're going to pick it back up this week. So Matthew is writing this, and this is what he writes. He says, early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene, and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Now look, no one was expecting Jesus to come back from the dead. Everybody expected him to stay dead. It's so interesting because Nicodemus and Joseph, who were getting him ready for burial, they didn't have enough time to finish the job, so the women were going back out to finish the job, or maybe uh, redo the job. And so they would have to approach the Roman guard and they would have to break the seal and they would have to break the rope that was holding the, the stone in place. Not to keep it because it was so heavy that the stone wasn't going to go anywhere, but they didn't want anyone to break the seal to steal the body. So the women were going to expect to have a conversation with the guards and here's what happens. Suddenly there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothes as white as snow. The guards shook with fear, and they fell into a dead faint. There was one earthquake when Jesus died, and there is another earthquake as the stone is rolled away. Then the angel spoke to the women, Don't be afraid. I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. 
he isn't here. He is risen from the dead just as he said would happen. Hey, y'all can fact check us. This really did happen. Then come see where his body was lying. So they went in, they checked it out, and they realized that he's in here. And check what happens. And now go quickly and tell his disciples he is risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. So Jesus does as was predicted by the angels. He's there. He's on the beach. He's on the shore. And he's grilling up some fish. And disciples who are out on the, out on the sea, they see him. And they don't really know who he is at first. Like, Man, that looks a lot like Jesus. And all of a sudden Jesus says, hey, put the nets on the other side. And they knew immediately it was Jesus. And as they were pulling in about 153 fish, Peter is like, forget this. He can't wait to see Jesus. So he puts on his robe. Man, he, Olympic record, goes to the shore. Meets Jesus. And this is what happens after breakfast. After breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love, do you agape me more than these? Pete, do you love me like you claim to have loved me when you said you loved me more than the other disciples, even when you said you were willing to die for me? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I phileo you. Same question is asked one more time. The same response is given. Simon, Jesus changes it up. Son of John, do you phileo me? Peter was hurt that Jesus would ask the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I phileo you. Now, I believe the words matter. I'm not putting a lot of stock in how the words change, but I do believe I do believe that Peter recognized that his love would never be enough. He recognized that Jesus' love would always be enough. That was something that he could rely on. He knew, he was. I think he was being very careful with how he was saying it because he realized and recognized that, hey, I, I spoke some things I probably shouldn't have said. I couldn't back it up. I believe in that moment he knew that Jesus' love was greater than his love. A few months ago, we were getting Brooke ready for bed. And if you don't know me, uh, my wife, Jenny, and I, we have a daughter named Brooke. And she's a good kid. I mean, great kid. And she hardly talks back to us. But for one night, I'm not sure what was going on. It might have been a full moon or something. Weirdest thing. We're getting her ready for bed, and we have a routine. We get her out of the bath, get clothes on. She does all that. And then all of a sudden, she brushes her teeth, and we pray together and read a bedtime story together and she was fighting us and I had to step in and say Brooke you know you're doing what we're going to tell you to do we're your parents we know what's best for you and we're just trying to brush her teeth I mean that's every good parent wants their kids to brush their teeth right she says looks me dead in the eye I don't like you I don't like you it's the first time she's ever said that to me in that moment, I just froze. I had no idea what to say, what to, what to even do. 
felt like an eternity. But just a few seconds later, I looked her in the eye. I said, you may not like me, but I love you. And I will always love you. I believe that's the way that God says and sees us. I believe that's what God would say to us. I believe that's how he sees us. I think for some of us, we, we feel like we have to prove God's, we have to prove to God that we love him. And listen, God's love is agape love. He loves you without expecting you to love him. He, he's loving you and he's not expecting your love in return. God will always love you. And he proved his love for us by having Jesus die on the cross for us and then come back from the dead. God will always love you. That's the beauty of agape love. I believe God in Christ has declared this over you. I could have chosen anyone in the world as my child, and I chose you. No matter what you say or do, neither my love nor my choice will ever change. And maybe you needed to hear that. Maybe you've been doubting God's love for you, and hopefully that has encouraged you this morning. If we know anything about real love, it's because of what God has done in and through us with Christ. So, I, I want to open this up. Maybe for you, you're a follower of Jesus. And I would like you to let us know, let one of our hosts know, that you are recommitting your life to Jesus. You're like, I, 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 I'm, I'm in, I'm, I just need to be reminded I need to be reminded the last couple of weeks that God loves me and I don't have to prove that I'm a good person. I don't have to prove anything. It's just the fact that God loves me. And I'm asking that God would give me the courage to love him back. If that's you, let us know. You can click on the button below. And if you need any help, any resource, let us know. Now I want to talk to those who have yet to follow Jesus and maybe you're here and Maybe this has been helpful to you. And you're not sure whether or not you have a relationship with Jesus. Our hosts are standing by because we want to help you make, a, make that decision to follow Jesus. And so just click the button below me and our host will be happy to walk alongside of you and help you make that decision to follow Jesus. Y'all, may I pray together before we close it out? Our Heavenly Father, you are an amazing God. Your love never fails. Your love can be seen as reckless. Your love can be seen as immature. It could be seen as childish. But in the end, it's agape love. It's agape. It's selfless. It's sacrificial. And God, you did not help us to know this, but you did not need us, but you wanted us. Thank you for proving your agape love by having Jesus die in our place and come back from the dead to exchange our spiritual death for spiritual life. God, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you that your love never fails. And thank you that your love is for us today, tomorrow, and always. In Jesus' name, amen. One of the things we thought would be good is to close out on a song that many of us are familiar with, Reckless Love.
Guys, I hope to see you back next week. I love y'all.